Ready? Born ready. Welcome back. We are here. It's another episode of your favorite political podcast, Where the Party At? I'm Saba Long. Great to be with you again. Another week, another week of political drama. This is, uh, I think today's October 11th, if you're tuning in on Tuesday when we drop. And the election is just a few weeks away. In fact, early voting is going to start October 17th. Um, Also today, they just started sending out your absentee ballots. So if you requested an absentee ballot, those are going to start going out today. All right, y'all, let's jump in it. And first up, we got to talk about Herschel Walker. We have to, we have to start with what happened, right? So there's this big question about if the Senate race is going to be, is going to be a runoff, right, between Warnock and Herschel. And that's because some Republicans are probably going to vote Libertarian or they might skip the race altogether. Why? Because Herschel Walker's hypocrisy and issues are just becoming too big to ignore. So we found out a few weeks ago that he has three kids other than Christian, who's the popular gay conservative that posts, you know, a lot on social media. Christian's mom is the woman that you've seen in the commercial about Herschel Walker's domestic violence issues. That's his mom. That was Herschel's ex-wife. Now, here's what Herschel said about that whole situation last month on rolling out when he was asked about the time that he held a gun to his ex-wife's head. Take a listen. Your opponent has used is we see commercials consistently about your past with domestic violence. Had no problem with violence. So I want to give you an opportunity to speak to that. Well, you know, he without saying cast the first stone. Mm -hmm. And does my opponent believe in redemption who's been a pastor? That's what's so funny. And I say that because I'm not going to get into what has happened with him and his past. I want him to do what's going on with his policy. Mm -hmm. And he's talking about something that I was a part of over 15 years ago, maybe even longer. Over 15 years ago, we're today my ex-wife and her husband, my wife, and you know we're the best of friends. Mm-hmm. We're the best of friends. We do things together. But I know that he has he can't run on the policies that's out there because the policies have been terrible. They're not good. They're not, they don't work for Georgia. Mm-hmm. So he runs on things like that because he wants to trick people. Yeah. And I said, you know, think about it. How can you bear false witness? Yeah. And that's what he's doing. But I don't worry about him. What so I do is not, worry about so me. So if it's false witness, so that's not true. No, some of the stuff he's saying is not true. And then when he said that uh, over 14 years ago, mm-hmm. do you believe in redemption? Yeah. Do you believe in forgiveness? Do you believe in moving forward? He's a pastor. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know, that's, that's his, that he got to answer to God himself. Yeah. What I'm going to do is answer to the Georgia people. And I think the people, Georgia people are speaking now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they've spent almost $54 million against me. That's a whole lot of money. So the <clears throat> first response is he who is without sin cast the first stone. Like just say if Herschel practiced message discipline, which is something that 
Uh, if you are a, a policy wonk or someone who's worked on campaigns, you understand that term where you know that you're going to be repeatedly asked about a particular issue and you say, here's what the story is, right? Here's what it is. This happened. I apologize to my ex-wife. What I did was wrong. And here's how I have, he talked about redemption. Here's what I have done to rectify that situation. If he had just said that from the beginning, we wouldn't still be talking about this. So now something else has come out. Um, a woman came out and said that this last week that Herschel Walker paid for her to have an abortion. First, the campaign flatly denies it and says, we don't know who this person is. And then the next day, we found out that it's actually the mother of one of his kids. <clears throat> and so had an abortion. And then sometime later, she gets pregnant again. She wanted an abortion. Or Herschel asked her to have an abortion the second time. And she said no. And then that's the son. So she showed reporters at the Daily Beast, which, uh, which is a liberal news outlet, the receipt from the abortion, this happened in Atlanta, by the way, um, a get well card that was signed by him and a check from him to reimburse her for the cost of the abortion. All right. Now, just to remind you, Herschel Walker has said that he wants a national ban on abortion. Take a listen. Not a national ban on abortion right now. And I think that's a problem. We uh, keep talking about things like that. Right now, I'm for life. And I'm no, not going to make an excuse for it. So he says he's for life, except for in the past when he encouraged a woman he was with to get an abortion. So Christian Walker, his son, this is the son that, again, we all knew about. And, and he's kind of prominent in conservative circles. He went all the way off. And he, you know, felt really some kind of way about everything. The fact that he had three other siblings that he didn't know about, the, the abortion, the whole thing. So take a listen to one, just one of the videos that he posted on Twitter. And just two more things I have to address, and then I'm done with this buffoonery nutjob land. This is atrocious. People on the right are pulling up that I did a campaign event with my dad last year. They're saying, well, you supported them all last year and all this year. You look suspicious. No, no, no. You all have been calling me saying, why aren't you on the campaign trail with your dad? Why aren't you helping him out? This looks weird. You should go help him. And I've said to you calmly, I'm not getting involved. You don't know my family life. I did one event last year when we were told he was going to get ahead of his past and hold himself accountable. None of that happened. Everything's been a lie. So... For me to tell you I'm not getting involved, and then you also be flooding my DMs and calling me saying, I didn't know all this about your dad, we're going to lose the Senate race. And then when I simply say, I'm done with the lies, you go, well, Christian looks suspicious. Excuse me? I haven't told one story about what I experienced with him. I'm just simply saying, don't lie. And then for, for certain political pundits to be pulling up old pictures I posted of my dad, thinking they can police and, and determine what my relationship with my dad was. If you want to pull stuff up, I'll pull stuff up. Don't try me. Don't test my authenticity. All of this has been a lie and you've known it. You've known. So don't you dare. And then to the left who says, well, he did all this to your mom and you were still with him. And you know, that's weird. You know nothing about my life. 
My parents went through a dirty divorce. I went through a lot as a child. And, and you don't know anything. You don't know the ebbs and flows of our relationship. Nobody knows anything. So for everyone making these wild theories and whatever, that, that, that's crazy. This is about a bunch of lies. Again, I could, if I had an issue with whatever, I could have ended this table. That's not my intention. My intention is don't lie about your life at the expense of me, my mom, and all of the people that you've affected throughout your life. You don't get to pretend you're some moral family guy. You don't get to pretend all these things. Talk policy, talk normal. Do not lie. That's actually good advice. You know, but anyway, no. How can he talk policy? Well, he doesn't he, know. Yeah, well, <laughs> that part. Now, Herschel tweeted, you know, that he loved his son no matter what, which again, I think that's the right thing to do in this circumstance. It's unfortunate to see this level of family drama playing out in front of the entire country. So after all of this happened, the Daily Beast posted another story about the dynamics between Herschel Walker this woman, the woman that he had a child with, and also the same woman that had an abortion. Now, in the story, they report that Herschel's current wife reached out to this woman via text after she went public about the abortion. This is what was written in the Daily Beast. The texts show that Blanchard, that's Herschel's wife, initiated contact with the woman at 9.54 a.m. on Friday to complain about the Daily Beast investigating the existence of Walker's children. Previously, their last text was on August 30th. And the woman has said to uh, the, the Daily Beast, and she said to other news outlets, that Herschel has not seen this child for more than six years. The kid is now 10 years old. And he's been in contact with the kid, and... They said that he sends the kid Christmas gifts and birthday gifts, but does not actually see the kid. And so she said to the New York Times in a quote, as a father, he's done nothing. He does exactly what the courts say, and that's it. He has to be held responsible just like the rest of us. And if you're going to run for office, you need to own your life. That's what she said to the New York Times. Now, he pays her court-ordered child support of $3,500 each month. And she said that since the child support became court ordered, he has not missed a payment. Now on July 7th, this kid sent a text to Herschel asking if there were any more half siblings out there, right? So he's learning what's happening in the news and not directly from Herschel Walker. Now, why is all of this something that you should pay attention to? Because take a listen to a 2020 interview Herschel Walker did on with Charlie Kirk, who's a conservative who runs Turning Points USA, about absentee fatherism. Take a listen to this. I want to apologize to the African-American community because I know uh, the fatherless home is a major, major problem. And Herschel Walker, who was born in Wrightsville, Georgia, you know, I took I took care of a lot of people in my hometown. I took care of a lot of the places around where I grew up. I was being like a father to some of those kids that may have had fathers. But because the Lord Jesus Christ blessed me to be an athlete, I should have went into the cities of Chicago. I should have told a lot of my young African-American brothers there and my kids that, guys, hold on, get your education. It's going to be okay. Get your education. It's going to be all right. Hey, respect the police. Go home safe. Get home. Get home to your families. And remember 
that remember, you can leave the wife, but don't leave your child. We give them those old things that I was brought up on from my father, because I was blessed to have a mom and a dad. And I'm, I'm saying some kids are not. And I, and, and Charlie, I want to say this, and I, I want to say this to all kids, not just the African-American kid. This is major for them, but to all kids, because there are problems in the United States of America that just not stemming for African-Americans. But I want everyone to know that we all are. So he says absentee fathers is a problem, especially in the black community. And yet here's a kid that they're saying that that child has not seen Herschel Walker in more than six years. There's text messages where the kid is asking him to attend his baseball games. It's wild. So what now? So if, if in a normal world, this news, the past few days of what has happened with Herschel Walker's campaign, the political director that was fired, there's been a lot of just barrage of bad press. In a normal world, Herschel's campaign would be absolutely over, done with. They would be pulling the, the NRSC, the, the National Republican Senate Committee, would be pulling their money out of Georgia or at least out of Herschel's campaign, right? Like, and they would be diverting that to other states where they have a chance. But remarkably, we're not in a normal world. We're in an upside-down world, and many Republicans are still sticking with their guy. And ultimately, this comes down to control and power. Republicans are absolutely hell-bent on getting back the Senate and installing, once again, Mitch McConnell as Senate Majority Leader. Nothing else matters. It doesn't matter if we have campaigned on abortion and we found out that you paid for an abortion. It doesn't matter if you have campaigned about family values and we find out that you have been an absentee father. Like, none of that matters. So Senators Rick Scott and Senator Tom Cotton are coming down to Georgia today, Tuesday, to campaign for Herschel. Now, I will say there is one sane Republican in this entire conversation who is publicly saying this is absolutely ridiculous, and it's Lieutenant Governor Jeff Duncan. Now, I will say, well, first, let's listen to what he has to say, and then I'll comment about the Lieutenant Governor. And, and if we're being intellectually honest, Herschel Walker... Uh, won the primary because he scored a bunch of touchdowns back in the 80s, and he was Donald Trump's friend. And now we've moved forward several months on the calendar, and that's no longer a recipe to win. Mm. And, uh, and, and if we're being intellectually honest, also on the other side of the equation, uh, we've got problems running around this country and around the world that are feeling real and heavy. Uh, there's, there's questions about the economy in every square inch. Those are the issues that Americans want to be talking about. Those are the issues that Georgians want to be talking about. This should be easier for Republicans than it is. And this is, I believe, part of us taking our medicine uh, as to the quality of a candidate moving forward in these important elections. So the lieutenant governor actually wrote an op-ed on CNN's website to kind of outlining this and saying that we, the Republican Party, have to stop putting forth terrible candidates. Now, in the summer, Mitch McConnell, who, again, is the minority leader in the Senate, but if Republicans win back control, he will become the majority leader he said in the summer that they have a candidate quality problem. And that's quite clear here. The level of hypocrisy, it's through the roof. This is absolutely through the roof. 
So we'll see if this election comes down to a runoff, if Warnock wins outright, or if Herschel wins outright. All right, next, I just want to quickly mention something, again, around hypocrisy. (laughs) Um, U.S. Circuit Judge Elizabeth Branch is with the 11th U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals, which is based here in Atlanta. She announced that she will no longer, uh, going forward, hire law clerks from Yale Law School. Why? Because of the school's cancel culture and wokeness. Again, so we are canceling Yale Law students because of Yale's cancel culture. Y'all, we are living in an upside down world for real. I I just had to briefly mention that because it's, it's just another like, what is happening? Like, this makes no doggone sense. And then I should also add, there are at least three current Supreme Court justices who went to Yale Law School? Okay, Judge Branch, I I don't get it, but maybe I'm not supposed to. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Keith, President Biden's really trying to get y'all's votes, so he just did something this week that I, you got y'all got to give him some credit for. He pardoned. All prior federal offenses for simple marijuana possession. And <laughs> and he asked for governors to follow the federal government's lead and do the same across the 50 states. His pardon also included folks in the District of Columbia. Take a listen to what Biden uh, said about why he was doing this. As I said when I ran for president, no one should be in jail just for using or possessing marijuana. It's already legal in many states, and criminal records for marijuana possession have led to needless barriers to employment, to housing, and educational opportunities. And that's before you address the racial disparities around who suffers the consequences. While white and black and brown people use marijuana at similar rates, Black and brown people are arrested, prosecuted, and convicted at disproportionately higher rates. So today, I'm taking three steps to end this failed approach. First, I'm announcing a pardon for all prior federal federal offenses for the simple possession of marijuana. There are thousands of people who are convicted for marijuana possession who may be denied employment, housing, or educational opportunities as a result of that conviction. My pardon will remove this burden on them. Second, I'm calling on all governors to do the same for state marijuana possession offenses. Third, the federal government currently classifies marijuana as a Schedule I substance, the same as heroin and LSD, and more serious than fentanyl. It makes no sense. So I'm asking the Secretary of Health and Human Services and the Attorney General to initiate a process to review how marijuana is scheduled under federal law. Even as federal and local regulations of marijuana change, important limitations on trafficking, Marketing and underage sales should stay in place. Too many lives have been upended because of our failed approach to marijuana. It's time that we right these wrongs. So in that end, he was talking about having the Health and Human Service Secretary and the United States Attorney uh, Attorney General look at changing marijuana, which is how it's currently classified under federal law. So drugs, for those of y'all who don't do drugs, Drugs are scheduled <laughs> or classified as Schedule 1, Schedule 2, Schedule 3, etc. So marijuana is currently a Schedule 1 drug, as the president uh, alluded to. 
Adderall, for example, is a Schedule II drug. So what makes something Schedule I, uh, how it's defined, is having, quote, no currently accepted medical use in the United States, a lack of accepted safety for use under medical supervision, and a high potential for abuse. So other examples of Schedule I drugs are heroin, LSD, and ecstasy. Now, we know in Georgia and across the country, medical marijuana is being used, right? Mm-hmm. So it doesn't make sense to, current, to classify marijuana as a Schedule I drug when we know that there are indeed medical uses for it. And so that's what the president is going to ask uh, for them to change that classification. I think that's pretty so to change it is that something that the administration the uh health and human services right change right and is that position appointed yes so yeah. the health and human service secretary is a cabinet member as is the attorney general who's also a cabinet member so it's kind of like if you're asking them your team correct so yeah like, hey, yeah man. it's like i'm 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 telling you what to do, uh-huh. but go do it. Yeah, that's basically what's gotcha. happening. And, and the data shows that people are for it, right? So Gallup data shows that 68% of Americans are actually for legalization. Um, and then if you do a partisan breakdown of that, 71% of those are independents, which are obviously like a hot voting block right now. 50% of Republicans. So it's not like, this is a really polarizing issue for Republicans. And then 83% of Democrats say, just legalize it. Uh, and then Pew Research data shows that 74% plus percent of black adults favor releasing people from prison who are only being held there for marijuana-related offenses. So this seems to me like a no-brainer. I thought it was really smart policy from Biden. Um and it's something that should have happened, frankly, a long time ago. The war on drugs was a failed war. So um, I want to play, I, I, this is one of those times where I wish we had video. Like I want to play a couple of political ads that I um, saw circulating that are really interesting. Uh, the first one is from a woman named Katie Darling. Take a listen to her ad and then I'll try to explain it after. I'm Katie Darling, and I live on a farm in St. Tammany Parish. Our family composts, collects rainwater, and grows our own food. My husband and daughter help take care of the chickens. And there's someone else who's going to be joining us and helping to pitch in with farm life very soon. But these days, I worry about storms that are stronger and more frequent because of climate change, about our kids underperforming public schools, and about Louisiana's new abortion ban, one of the strictest and most severe in the country. We should be putting pregnant women at ease, not putting their lives at risk. I haven't spent my career in Washington. I've worked my way up from bartender to CEO. Now I help nurses organize our complicated health records because nurses aren't just heroes, they're saints. Louisiana deserves better than the path we're on. I'm Katie Darling, and I'm running for Congress because I want that better path. For you, for her, and here we go. For him. 
So in the ad, she's pregnant. And then at the very end, you just heard the baby. And so, I mean, this was an absolute brilliant freaking ad. I think that really speaks to working mothers. Um, It speaks to white women. You're talking about issues that are often so caught up in partisanship. And she's just breaking it down, right? To like, we just want access to clean water. We just want to be able to work on our farm. You know, all these kind of basic things. Brilliant, brilliant ad, Katie Darling. Uh, we'll see if she wins. I'll have to, I'll have to, you know, we'll hold on to these and we'll come back to them after the election and we'll tell you the results. Uh, the next one is from John Fetterman, who I think is just doing fantastic communications in his uh, Senate race. Take a listen to this one. Hi, everybody. Everybody. With my diet, you can eat all you want, anytime you want. And you'll lose weight? Uh, you might. It's a free country. I've got the number one miracle in a bottle to burn your fat. Lose fat without diet or exercise. Stubborn stomach fat instantly disappears. I recommend a slow, steady gorging process combined with acyl horizontology. Garcinia Cambogia extract. Crystal sonic therapy. C. Buckthorn. Dr. Nick, this malpractice committee has received a few complaints against you. Dr. Oz being sued for advice he gave to viewers who struggle falling asleep. Dr. Oz is being accused of promoting quack treatments by some top physicians. Are you looking for a way to slash the cost of your medical expenses? How much would you pay for a pill that takes your body back 10 years? Call 1-600-DOCTORB. The B is for bargain. His empire and wealth have flourished. The most rewarding part was when he gave me my money. Bye-bye, everybody. So, so Fetterman is running, uh, and, and Dr. Oz are in this Senate, uh, race in, in Pennsylvania. And again, that ad was a mashup of Simpsons and Dr. Oz. Just brilliant. No, there's no pill that is going to freaking give back 10 years of your life or whatever he said. Ridiculous. Okay. The next ad is an ad about inflation. Take a listen to this one. All right. Hey, did you get coffee? I did. And it got us right back. What? Whoa, this inflation is no joke. Yeah, Republicans need to stop whining and start helping. Well, not today's Republicans. All you're gonna get is tax cuts for the rich while the rest of us struggle. They have other plans too. Just nothing good for the country. If these Republicans win? The whole country loses. All right, so that was that one's okay. I mean, I thought the reason why I wanted to highlight that is because you notice that Biden is trying to draw a line between MAGA Republicans and, you know, ordinary, sensible Republicans, kind of like what Georgia's Lieutenant Governor Jeff Duncan was talking about and his push for a GOP 2.0. So I think we're going to hear more and more of that from Democrats and then also from Republicans who were trying to distinguish between the two sects of the party. 
All right, the last one I'm going to um, play for you is Tim Ryan, who's also Senate candidate, who's running against J.D. Vance. Some people think that they have to agree with their politicians 100% of the time. And I ask these people, are any of you married? <laughs> I love you so much. I love you too. Gross. Yes, yeah, disgusting. But if we have 10 conversations in one day... And we agree on seven. We crack a bottle of wine. Yes, we do. The same goes for the country. We have to stop the stupid fights. Find some common ground. And be Americans first. Now that I can agree with. I'm Tim Ryan, and I approve this message. He's Democrat? Yeah. Oh, that's good. That's, that's good. a good one, right? That's, that's a good one. Like yeah, that. he's he's running against uh, J.D. Vance. So that's an open... So it's J.D. Vance. That's the guy who wrote Hillbill Elegy. Mm. And... He also went to Yale, um, but he, he's one of those folks that you, was previously kind of like a sensible Republican, and then he went like full MAGA. Yeah. But it's, it's also one of those, he's also one of those Republicans that like quietly, he's one way, and then publicly, he's another. Mm. And, and there's but, so many of of folks who are like that. But see, I like Tim Ryan's one. That yeah. one's very sensible. Yeah. I and mean, Tim Ryan is kind of seen as one of, he's seen as a sensible Democrat. Like, yeah. he'll call balls and strikes. And I think folks appreciate that. Because it brings it home. It's like, if you're in a relationship or if you're married, you yeah. know what? You're right. You're not going to do 100%. Right. You, you agree most of the time and then you celebrate. So, right. That's what's up, man. Good one. Good but one. just Good remember one. the wife is always right. <laughs> <laughs> Um, all right, y'all. I I had to talk about Kanye. Uh, I know folks are in the feelings. Of, I know y'all are in your feelings about Kanye. I saw the shirt. I did not hear or listen to anything about why he did it, but I did listen to one clip uh, from the interview that he did on Fox News with Tucker Carlson, and I'm highlighting it only because it's something that we've been talking a lot about on the pod. So take a listen. You know, they thought Trump was a joke. For older white people, they're quick to classify a black person only by the fact that we're black. Even, even Trump, a person that's, you know, we'd consider to be a friend of mine. Uh, when I went to the White House, uh, I called him uh, after that to get ASAP Rocky out of jail. And one of the things he said to me is, you know, Kanye, you're my friend. When you came to the White House, my black approval rating went up 40%. And for politicians, all black people are worth is approval, is an approval rating. The Democrats feel that they don't owe us anything and Republicans feel that they don't owe us anything. <laughs> so I'm sure y'all did not see that clip, right? There were lots of other things about what Kanye said and did, but I did think that was uh, something worth uh, talking about and, and putting out there. All right, y'all, on to the final part of the show, Party Pooper and Party Starter. Turn out the lights, the party's over. 
party is over. Close the gates. What? All right. Party's over. Everyone go home. Are you sure you want to invite this party pooper to poop on your party? I'm the party pooper. This week's party pooper was really easy for me. It's Killer Mike. I'm sure y'all have seen the clip. We're going to talk about it. So he was on Charlemagne's TV show. And there's a clip that's making the rounds on Twitter and in Georgia political circles. Take a listen to what he said. And and Brian Kemp is running an effective campaign because this week, what Mr. Kemp did was he went to an all-black boys' school that's ran by a conservative black man down in Albany, Georgia, young black man. He didn't Dr. Umar you. He didn't go around preaching for a lot of years. That's no diss to Dr. Umar. He produced the school, and then he started Dr. Umar got the school, man. I'm not mad. I'm he happy. Knew he I'm got it. In fact, you know what? I'm sending you a grand. I <laughs> swear to God, I love Dr. Umar. It's not a credit. So I'm glad he, he got just got his school. I'm yeah. sending him. But this guy got a charter school with all black boys. So guess who the picture goes up with him yesterday? He has Governor Kemp with the boys yesterday. That picture goes up. Shelly Winters, who's an incredible black man, does a lot in Atlanta, happens to be a conservative, has a great radio show. um, He's a great radio show host, but he goes in the public and out in the streets every day. He got a bunch of conservative black men together. Kemp went with them. Then he went over to a Democratic enclave with uh, Ryan Cameron, one of the most popular radio hosts ever out of Georgia, staunch Democrat, and impressed the Democrats in that room. I would advise, if I was in Ms. Kemp's camp, you need to go everywhere he just went. Ms. Abrams. And Ms. Abrams. Yeah. You need to go everywhere Brian Kemp just went because what Brian Kemp did was have an effective week with black people. Wow. And I would love to see her do that. But if she doesn't, that ain't our fault. Woo! Cap, cap, cap. All right, let's be real here. Was it smart for Kemp to go talk to black voters? Yes. And again, I want you to hear that he said it was a school run by a conservative black man. And the other was a conversation with black entrepreneurs that was facilitated by a conservative radio show host. I love like Shelly, Shelly Winters is cool people. We have great conversations, even if we don't always agree, but we do often agree on uh, quite a few things about the state of, of Georgia politics. But again, a photo op and during the election season does not turn into, Oh, Brian Kemp is listening to black voters. Brian Kemp should be put on this pedestal and Stacey Abrams needs to go follow and do what he is doing. Now y'all know how critical I have been a Stacey Abrams campaign on this pod. So I'm just going to call it like I see it. And this was, this was a joke. That was a joke. What Killer Mike said? Yes. It was like, a joke. I feel like what Killer Mike is saying is no. Stacey Talk to your base. You're not. She is. No, no, no. So, no, 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 no. let me tell you. You're talking to black men, but you're not. You're talking to black men who are voting. You're not talking to black. Kemp wouldn't talk to his base. And I think what Killer Mike is trying to wink at her and say is, hey, these are some things, simple things you can do. He didn't talk to a bunch of concerns. He talked to that dude at the school. You know what I'm saying? I agree. Like, so all she has to do is talk to your base and then take this out of you. And I think you can get it. I'm, I, what I'm saying is uh, two things. One is Kemp or any other elected official should not get credit for talking to black folks when it was done in very controlled, safe spaces. And then all of a sudden, oh, look at all this outreach that Kemp has done to black voters. No. Just, Kanye just said it, though. I agree. And then number two is... She has done a number of events. Now, do I now to your point about is she talking to 
regular non-college college educated cigar smoking black men I have to believe that that's happening because I know some of the black men on her campaign and I know that they would have a problem if that wasn't happening right so the same week that Kemp did these two events she also had events with black entrepreneurs events with black radio folks Rashad Ritchie and you know Rashad Ritchie he like come on like did see Come okay? I'm, I'm gonna say it. I'm gonna just have to say it. I think now at this point of the race, it's not even black or white no more. It's literally, it's literally can you get the Republicans to come out and vote for you? Can you get the Democrats yes, to come out? And this does all turn out. This, because this last election time it was solely about yeah. Trump made it black and white. Now it's back to parties. And, Correct. This is election is yeah. about who is motivated to come out and vote. And actually, Keisha Lance Bottoms posted on Twitter a couple of days ago that she's concerned that Democrats aren't excited and don't feel motivated to go vote. But again, when at the top of this show, when we talked about Herschel, Republicans are very clear that this is an election about power. Democrats get so caught up and do I like this person? How do they make me feel? All this other crap. But at the end of the day, is this a is this an election about? But it's a Democrat's power? fault because the Democrats want to give you feelings and make you. Oh, feel I know. Good. They don't yeah. do what conservatives do and say, "Hey, here's a boom policy for you." And they don't do that. So now, when I'm looking at Democrats, the, cons- the conservative policy is cut taxes, smaller government. Right? Democrats are, we want to be all things to all people, and, and yeah. that's the problem. You because can't be all, all things to all base. people. All people not your base. That's the issue. Right. You can be all things to all people, but paying it to your base. You know? So yeah, that's that's not gonna I, work. You know, we, we but we'll see though. I'm I'm really excited now because like, I think this debate is really gonna like I am too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I know she's gonna come ready, but I also Kemp has a lot of good stuff that he can talk about. Let's get it started in here. What's rule number one? Party. All right. For my party starter, I'll make this one quick. I'm just going to say the Daily Beast for their reporting on everything that's happened with these Herschel Walker stories. Every time that they've reported, like when they, they did the story about the other kids that folks didn't know about, they broke the news. And it was one of those things where like other media outlets were trying to find out, okay, like did this legitimately happen? And the daily beast has been spot on, on both of these on um, the same thing with the story about the abortion. And Herschel Walker said that he was going to sue them. And he said he was going to file a suit that next day. And I think we're still waiting on that to happen. So this is a reminder of why journalism is important. Why local media is important. So shout out to the Daily Beast for like just being on it, right? And now, will this change the outcome of a election? I don't, honestly, that's not what's important to me. What's important to me is, does this prompt us as, as a people to have real honest conversations and say, so you're for something 
if it's impacting other people, but not if it's impacting you. Like we just need to have real conversations and say, all right, is it appropriate for my religious beliefs to be, um, for there to be laws that are based on my religious beliefs? Or are we a country of life, liberty, and freedom? Right? This is the debate that I think um, the whole Herschel fiasco is really going to put forth. You want to debate and and campaign on social issues? Or do you want to debate and campaign on how do we make folks' lives better? Because at the end of the day, that's what people want. Get out of my life and get out of my personal life and help me make sure I can put food on the family. Help me make sure that I can get an education and, you know, move an income bracket up so that I can afford to, you know, move my mom in or whatever, you know, whatever those needs are for for people and their families. All right, y'all, that is today's show. October 17th, we're going to be at the Russell Center. I think doors are going to open at 6, 5.30, 6 o'clock. 5.30. 5.30. Thank you. Thank you. We're going to watch this debate between Stacey Abrams and Governor Brian Kemp. Live debate. Live pod. Yes. That pod will be episode 52. What? One year in the game. One year. One year in the game. Wow. All right, y'all. As always, thank you for tuning in. Take care.